You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Thank you so much. Ah, good to see you all. Just want to welcome you. Yeah, as uh, Fred said, Fred's my son, and um, my name is Rob Porter. I'm senior pastor here with my wife Heather at Kingdom Culture Church. We want to welcome you. We want to thank you for um, choosing to come yeah. and um, celebrate Christmas with us. It's good to see your faces, your smiling faces through the haze. And uh, does anyone else get carol anxiety? I do. I do. You know, Christ. The Saviour is born. Christ the Saviour is born. Christ the Saviour is born. You're just never sure where it's going to land. And Brad seems to throw these ones in every year where you think it's going to go down there and it goes up there. And, but anyway, look, there's lots to celebrate this year. I heard that Father Christmas has finally given up smoking. It was bad for his, bad for his elf. We, we splashed out on a new fridge for Fred and Anna this Christmas. Can't wait to see their faces light up when they open it. Thank you. Ha- Thank you, choir. That's a... Here's the choir. They're going to be my... How did Mary and Joseph know that Jesus was eight pound two ounces when he was born? They had a way in a manger. It's my stage. I can do it. So, no. <laughs> You know what? This world needs a miracle. You know, love is a miracle. We're singing about that, but it's not an intangible thing. It's a very tangible thing in a baby born in a manger. This world needs a miracle. You look at what's happened this year, just one little virus that started off small that has gone out of control. This world needs a miracle. Sin started out small and it went out of control. And now this world needs a miracle. And that miracle we find in the face of a baby born that we're celebrating tonight. Amen? This is not a time for the church to be quiet. This is not a time for the church to be quiet. This is a time for the church to be shouting from the rooftops, Christ the Saviour is born. See, love is a miracle. And we were singing that. I love that. In the words in that song, He gave me beauty for ashes. Love will do that for you. Joy for morning, love will do that for you. You see, love didn't leave me there. In the the words of an old hymn, love lifted me. Love lifted me when no one else but Christ could help. Love lifted me. Love doesn't come just to make you feel warm and cuddly and crozy at Christmas. Love came that we can live in love and have a changed life, to be turned around. You know, dear old Mariah Carey, we wheel her out every Christmas belting out all I want for Christmas is you I don't I don't I don't want I don't want a lot for Christmas there is 
Just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you will ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. You know, dear old Mariah, all she really wants is somebody delivered to her door, stuck under the tree, or under the mistletoe of hope. She wants love delivered to her. What's incredible about that song is not that I know every single word of it. That shows my age because I've heard it so often. But that it actually took nine people to write it. I know, I was shocked. It took 35 to 40 people to write the whole Bible. But this is what happens when you're married to the owner of Sony Records. You can get a lot of work, uh, away with a lot of Christmas cheer. You see, there's a lot of, an awful lot of I and me in that song. Big chunks of lyrics about a bloke who will make Mariah's dream come true. See, the mystery of love's been well documented. We see it in songs and movies and poetry and books. And as human beings, if we're honest, we're all looking for love to complete us. For somebody, that special someone, or something to complete us. But you see, God has demystified love in Jesus Christ. He just simply tells us love is found in the face of Jesus Christ. God says at Christmas, hey, I've got just the right person to make your dream come true. You know, he points us again to a man born in a stable, raised in obscurity, crucified by a falsehood and resurrected by the power of God. I remember the first day that Heather and I met Fred, and we adopted our two children. Um, it's an amazing process, an amazing um, story, an amazing thing to walk through. And we were, it was in Hackney, South London. We were living in London in the 90s, and uh, we, we had seen Fred in photographs, and um, we, then we got the final, the day came that we were finally meet him, and we walked up to the front door of the foster home where he was staying, and we knocked on the door, and he came with his foster mum, and he, he was only two. And um, he was holding her hand. He looked down at Heather's shoes and he went, I like your shoes. No, he actually went, I like your shoes. Because he was from Hackney, wasn't he? But in that moment, love rose up and overtook us. And another time in a, a hot, stuffy, crowded, impersonal room in Guangzhou, China, it was crowded with would-be parents, fussing babies. That's where we first held Gabriella in our arms. And time stopped for us because we connected in love in, the, in that moment with this beautiful girl who we had known in photographs and, and, and scant snippets of information coming to us from Australia, but we finally met her. Love will do that to you. Love takes you by surprise. But love is not a mystery. I met Heather in June 1985 uh, in a crowded church of 35 people. And um, she was on the stage. She'd just come back from South Africa and she was singing with a group or something. I can't even remember. Anyway, she made contact with me, gazed at me actually, as I remember it. This amazing girl with sparkling, mischievous blue eyes. And we just celebrated 34 years of marriage last Sunday, which... <laughs> And I say that because I've done a lot of um, weddings 
recently, over the last couple of years. You see, it's, it, the falling in love in itself is not actually a miracle. It's amazing, but living in love is a miracle. See, Jesus came that we would live in love. Not just feel good about him at Christmas, not feel good about it at Easter, but actually live in love and have our lives turned upside down by love. You know, I plan my life around love, so have you. When you think about it, you know, we, when we planned adoption for our kids. We planned to have kids come into our lives when we couldn't have our own. We, we made room for them in our hearts and in our minds, in our lives. We made room for them literally in our home. Like the people, you know, we, have a, we are pregnancy central at the moment in this church. And, you know, there are people and, and they're making room in their home, in their lives. They, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, um, but we make room in our lives for these things. And... I want to say this, love is as much planned as it is fallen into. The world loves to push, you know, you just fall in love. Well, actually, in one sense, that can be true. But actually, we plan for love. Because love doesn't shut us down, it opens us up. Love is a miracle. God's got a plan of love for you tonight. He's got a plan of love for you and he's got a plan of love for me. You know, when the angels appeared to the shepherds and scared them half to death, they were shouting, Uh, Glory to God in the highest. And then it said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You know, after the COVID year that we've all experienced this year, and, you know, I take a deep sigh and I'll, um, like you, I will say, I'm going to have a double portion of peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Anyone else up for that? Five of you, good. But in order for peace on earth and goodwill towards men to come to pass, somebody had to be born to die to make that happen. You know, love doesn't come cheap. Love is a miracle, but it doesn't come cheap. Christmas is all about the miracle of love. And the truth is that God planned Easter at Christmas. See, the birth of Jesus Christ was the gift of love by a compassionate father to a dying world. It's too good for us to keep. It's ours to give away. He's ours to give away. And, you know, I remember the freezing, frosty Christmas of 1970 in England in the bleak mid-winter. Frosty winds may moan. It wasn't just chilly outside the house. It was chilly inside the house because my brother Ray had done something so bad that he wasn't allowed to open his Christmas presents on Christmas morning. I know, oh, come on then, bit of sympathy. Oh, I can't remember what he did. I have no idea, I can't remember. He probably threatened my hamster or something, I don't know. But he did something, it was always Ray. Um, oh, I meant, didn't mean to say his name in case he's watching. Anyway, it was always beep. So, he'd upset my parents, so he wasn't allowed to open his presents. So his presents sat under the Christmas tree unopened till Boxing Day and oh yeah I bet you would have done the same as we did we all went we slowly opened ours (laughs) we knew about tough love in the 70s Um, but the thing was his presents were under the tree unopened and there's people in here tonight the gift of Jesus Christ keeps coming to you. The presence of God keeps coming to you. 
the love of God keeps coming to you and every year you've gone, oh, I'm going to leave that one unopened. And tonight I'd like to say to you, he wants to invite you to open up your heart to him. Open up your heart to the miracle of love because he's worth it. What makes love so miraculous? Love in the form of a baby is a promise of a life and a future that will be. Isn't that right? We get engaged. It's a promise of love and a life together. Love needs an expression or it's just an unformed miracle. What are you going to do with the love that Christ is offering you today? You know what a miracle is? I looked it up. A miracle is a sign. It just literally means a sign. It's a sign that there's something bigger than my circumstances. And you know, tonight, this, that as we're sitting here together, you're thinking about your circumstances. You're thinking about Christmas. You're thinking about all these things and all this stuff crowds in. How am I going to get through the season? How am I going to get through next year? What about finances? What about... But a miracle is there's, some, there's someone who's bigger than me, something bigger than my, so it's a sign that's pointing to someone. You see, there were, tw- there were 10 lepers, the Bible tells us, who <clears throat> came to Jesus and they, he, he healed them all, but one turned around and worshipped him because he saw past the miracle and saw that Jesus was worth right. worshipping. And that's what a miracle does. The miracle of love actually opens up your heart to live large and to live a life of love. And it's so exciting when that happens. There's people here this evening, you get touched by God's love at Christmas. You get touched by God's love again at Easter. And perhaps there's even people here sitting tonight that, you know, you come to church irregularly, but we always want to see you and we, we love you. But God is saying, hey, you know, that thing about I want to get sorted. I want to my, get myself sorted in 2021. That that is only going to happen through the miracle of love touching and changing your life love spurs us on love propels us the Bible says what do signs do? the road sign that says Cairns 1,450 kilometers on the Bruce Highway it's saying keep going you're heading in the right direction but you can't stop before you get to that destiny that destination you need to keep going in the right way you know love is a miracle. Until I met Jesus, I knew about love. When Jesus met me, I discovered the miracle working power of love. And uh, tonight, I just want to finish with three points from John 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Powerful, powerful words. And John writes about love in this verse, what it looks like, what love really looks like. And he kicks it off with two important words, for God. For God. God is the ultimate power here tonight. God is the ultimate power for this world. If you don't get the first two words of this verse, you don't get anything. Because it starts with God and ends with God. He's the ruler of the universe. 
He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the boss of the affairs of the whole world. Our Bible says he sits on the circle of the earth and holds all power in his hands for God, the one who my Bible says, records every single tear that I've ever shed and he stores it up in his bottle. I mean, how particular is that? God, the one who turns my sorrow into a victory dance. God, the one who labors on your behalf, on my behalf, so the things that we didn't think could possibly work out do work out. God, the one who holds you close in the storm, holds your hand when you're alone, lifts your head up when it's down. God, who puts the very breath in your lungs and in my lungs, he sets the stars out at night and he knows every single hair on my thinning hair of head. He knows me inside out. His is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory forever and forever. There's not anyone like him on heaven or in earth. There is no competition for the God of the universe. We didn't elect him. We can't impeach him. He's the God who needs no permission from you and I to do what he does. All his enemies, he's destroyed in one act of love for people who didn't know how to love back. This is the God that I'm talking about. This is our God. For God. This little word for says so much. He's the ultimate power. And then it says, for God so loved. So loved. And this little word so is really important as well. He's the ultimate power and so he loved us to the ultimate degree. It's not that he just loved us. It's not that he just loved us, but he so loved us. There's people in here tonight who can tell us, or all of us can tell a story of the so love of God. You see, I know what I was in, in, and I know what I've been delivered from, and I know what I've been delivered to. He so loved me, and he so loves you tonight. And you might feel far, far away, but he is the God of the so loved, and the God of the whosoever. And that means you tonight. You see, it's one thing to be loved. It's another thing to be so loved. And you and I are so loved tonight. The very fact that you're sitting here tonight proves that you are so loved to God. He so loves you. I know you've got a name. I know you've got a reputation. But only you know the backstory to your life. That you are so loved. You know, people can look at you. They don't know what causes you to lift your voice in worship. They don't know what turns your heart in adoration towards him. They don't know the reason you raise your hands and sing, Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works your hand have made, then sings my soul. People don't know your backstory. People don't know the reason that you worship so fervently, but it's because you're so loved and you know that you're so loved. And that evokes a response of worship. See, God so loved that he gave his son. But this scripture is not just about what God did, but why he did it. He loved us, but he loved us with the purpose that we would answer, make an answer to that love. It wasn't that we'd just look at a baby in a manger and go, oh, that's so cute, and just pinch his cheek and move on. But we, we would realize that this was love in a, as a miracle in a baby form that would grow up to die on a cross for us so that we can live. 
and he gave. He says, God so loved, for God so loved that he gave. And that love is the power that put the Son of God on a cross for you and I. Pilate wasn't the power. The power wasn't the Jewish leaders. The power wasn't Rome. The power wasn't the nails. This is the God who made the metal that made the nails that held him to the tree. This is the God who made the tree that made the cross that held him. It wasn't anything but love that held Jesus to the tree. It wasn't anything but love that caused Jesus to be born in a manger. Small, helpless. He he didn't come in the way people expected him to come. But tonight I want to challenge you because Jesus isn't coming to you in the way you expect him to come. He's coming at that knocking of the door of your heart. And he's saying, hey, I know it takes faith. I know you don't understand. I know you're looking at your circumstances and saying, this is all too much. You don't understand, preacher, what is happening in my life. But God does. And he's knocking on your heart in love. Let's stand together, please.